Hey, hey, welcome back to another edition of Cooking Up Sports with Gage Balls. I'm your host, Gage Balls. Um, sorry about there being no episode last week. Uh, I decided I wanted to take a break uh, for the podcast for one week and just kind of relax. And it was good, but now we're back in the full swing of things. Also, there wasn't a whole lot to uh, really talk about uh, last week and really wanted to wait till this week when there was a lot of stuff. Um, and. There are, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, first, I want to start off with talking about the MLB trade deadline just happened. And I have some teams that really stood out to me in this trade deadline uh, with their acquisitions. And I have a couple of winners. Um, and I first want to start off with team number one. The team who won this trade deadline was the Houston Astros. They acquired right-handed pitchers Zachary Enke, Aaron Sanchez, and Joe Biagini, and they also acquired catcher Martin Maldonado. The Astros are 30 games above 500, and they entered into July 31st with an eight-game lead in the AL West. But there were definitely some worries about the back of the rotation and there have been some recent stumbles by two relievers in Ryan Presley and Roberto Osuna. So, when GM Luna was done, he probably could not have put his team in a better position. I like Zach Rienke. Aaron Sanchez, not a big fan of. Joe Biagini, not a really big fan of. And I, Martin Maldonado, I love him. Not only because he was a former Angel, but the way... He plays the catcher position. I mean, Zach Grienke this season, he's 10-4, has a 2.90 ERA, and has a whip of 0.95. Excuse me. He's pitched 146 innings this year and has 135 strikeouts. I like him a lot. It's definitely going to be, you're going to have to give me some time to get used to him in an Astros uniform, but that move that Luno just made yesterday just bolstered that rotation for sure. And before that move, um, I wasn't really thinking an Astros World Series quite yet, but once he made that move yesterday, I... I instantly thought World Series. The Astros are trying to make another World Series push this year. I mean, they have stellar, stellar starters in Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. They're definitely having solid seasons. George Springer, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve also having really good seasons. As well as Yulieski, Gurriel, and Alex Bregman. I mean, the, the Astros have a solid team. You can never count the Astros out. They always seem to impress us when it comes to time. But with the addition of Zach Grienke, oh boy, that just puts them at a higher position to win the World Series. I think they can definitely tank on the Yankees right now. I mean, the Yankees just got swept by the Boston Red Sox, and the Red Sox are third in that division. So, Yankee and Yankees were first. We have to we have to worry about that. I think the Astros can take on the Yankees. Pitching wise, Verlander is is stellar. I mean, he comes out every fifth day, gives you what he's got. Garrett Cole is having a phenomenal season. 
Zachary Yankee not having a bad season at all. And there are four and five guys. Eh, I mean, we, there's not much to really brag about there. They're definitely not too solid. I mean, but they still can get the job done. I think the Astros also have a pretty good bullpen. Um, <coughs> excuse me. There's just been those recent stumbles by Presley and Osuna that Astros fans have really been worrying about. So the move for Biagini is not bad at all because it kind of it kind of meshes the bullpen all together cuz Joe Biagini this year is 3 and 1 with a 3.78 ERA and he's pitched 50 innings this year has 50 strikeouts but has a whip of 1.34. So the whip is definitely a downside. The ERA is definitely a downside, but the win the record is solid. It's definitely solid. You I like the 3 and 1 record that proves that he can come out and he can he can pitch in moments that he's needed. And I think that's what the Astros have needed recently. And Ryan Presley has not come up in those moments. And neither has Roberto Osuna. So adding the Biagini. Adding Biagini is very nice. So like I said before. The Astros were definitely the winners. Um, now Martin. I love Martin a lot. One of my favorite, favorite all-time catchers. Just because of the way he plays the game. I mean batting wise he's not very good. He has six home runs, 17 RBIs, and only has is hitting a 217 with an OPS of 634. So definitely not the best batter. But this kid can play that catcher position. I mean, on the on the season, the man has 28 assists. He's caught nine guys stealing, and he has a fielding percentage of .995 phenomenal that that's that's phenomenal numbers i mean this guy this guy's definitely a gold glove catcher not a great hitter but definitely a gold glove catcher i mean he won gold glove in 2017 when he was on the angels he won defensive player of the year when he was on the angels so he he definitely holds dear to my heart i like him a lot the astros only traded tony kemp to the chicago cubs for martin cuz martin was traded to the Cubs for left-handed pitcher Mike Montgomery. He um, This season, Martin started out on the Kansas City Royals. Then on July 15th, he got traded to Chicago for Mike Montgomery. And then on July 31st, he was traded for Tony Kemp. So the Astros aren't definitely going to really miss Tony Kemp. Definitely had some speed to him, and he could play that second base position, second base position and really anywhere out in the outfield. But you're definitely getting a lot better guy in Martin Maldonado, which is definitely a plus for them. So Martin, Joe Biagini, Zachary Anke, finally Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez has had a rough, rough season. He's 3-14, and has a 6.07 ERA, has pitched 112.2 innings this season with 99 strikeouts and a whip of 1.69. Definitely not a good whip, not a good ERA, not a good record. Innings pitched is fine. Has He also has 99 strikeouts, so that's not bad. But, oof, that's a rough record, man. I mean, I remember him in 2016 when he was 15-2 with a 3 ERA. He was just, he was the stuff back then. 
And then 2017, he had a down year when he went 1-3 and three with a 4.25 ERA. And then last season, he was 4-6 and six with a 4.89 ERA. So he started to slowly slip. I mean, his overall, I mean, in his MLB career, the guy is 32-33. and 33, So not a bad record when you look at the MLB career. But when you look at the seasons, you definitely want to see higher numbers in the record. You don't want to see 3-14. and 14. So I thought it was an interesting move. That he was traded, but the Astros only traded. The Astros traded Derek Fitch. Sorry, excuse me. The Astros traded Derek Fisher to the Blue Jays for Aaron Sanchez, Cal Stevenson, and Joe Biagini. So Sanchez and Biagini were part of the Derek Fisher trade. Cal Stevenson. I don't know too much about Cal Stevenson. I just know that he was kind of just a prospect, and the Astros definitely got a slew of those as well during these trades. The Astros actually ended up trading Max Stassi to the Anaheim Angels. We'll talk about that later. Uh, the second team for me that really stood out, the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves, the three players for me, Shane Green, Chris Martin, and Mark Melanson. Before the Astros made the move for Zachary Yankee, I think most of the MLB had declared the Atlanta Braves the winner of the trade deadline. And the Braves had that the Braves had a great 24-hour period in adding Martin Green and Melanson. These guys are late-inning tandems that they needed. The I mean, in this month of July, the Atlanta relievers posted a 5.79 ERA. And what their GM, Alex Anthopoulos, is doing is he's building a solid bullpen for a solid postseason team. The Braves are definitely an impressive young team. I mean, they have guys like Ronald Acuna, Max Fried, Ozzy Alves, Mike Soroka, this is a team we got to watch out for. They also added Josh Donaldson. I mean, th- this is going to be a team we're going to have to watch for in the postseason. They're going to give teams a run for their money. I don't know if they'll give the Dodgers a run for their money. That's that's a different topic. But that was a nice addition for the Braves. You don't want to see that your bullpen has posted a 5.79 ERA in the month of July. You want to see that be a low number. 5-7 ERA in the month of July out of the bullpen is proving to me that the Braves don't have a solid enough bullpen that they can rely on to close out games. And this is where they're losing games is in their bullpen because they don't have any late-inning tandems to come in and close it out. The addition of Mark Melanson is amazing. I like the addition of Chris Martin. Shane Green, Shane Green, oh, what a beautiful man. This season, he is 0-2 with a 1.18 ERA and a 0.87 whip. I have to look past the record. The record for me with Shane Green does not matter. The ERA, a 1.18 ERA, is phenomenal numbers. A 0.87 whip is phenomenal numbers. So, I got to look at the positives. Shane Green is coming over from Detroit. The, <clears throat> the Tigers traded Shane Green to the Braves. For left-handed pitcher Joey Wentz and left fielder Travis Demerit. So, they definitely didn't give up. The Braves definitely didn't give up a whole lot. You're getting a much more solid guy in Shane Green that you than you were going to get in those two pretty much nobodies. I mean, I don't think a lot of us have even heard of them. 
So, I love the addition of Shane Green. Solid bullpen guy. Next, let's look at Chris Martin. I'm breaking Chris Martin down. He's 0-2, has a 3.08 ERA, has a whip of 1.03, has four saves on the season, has 43 strikeouts, has pitched in 38 games. Solid guy. I like Chris Martin. He's a guy that I I could rely on. I mean, he's coming from Texas. He's traded to the Atlanta Braves for left-handed pitcher Colby Allard. So definitely, once again, not a big guy. But he's a solid guy. I like Chris Martin. He's somebody that the Braves can depend on. He's somebody that the Rangers could depend on. So you're definitely getting a solid guy in Chris Martin. But you never know sometimes until you see these guys in action, really. So that's Chris Martin. Next, Mark Melanson. Like this guy a lot. He's kind of older. He's 34 years old, but he's having a good season. He's 4-2, has a 3.50 ERA, a whip of 1.40. He only has one save on the season. He's pitched 46.1 innings this year and has 44 strikeouts. Solid guy. I can depend on Mark Melanson. I mean, he was the Giants closer for a little bit. 2017 is when he really had his heyday with the Giants at 11 saves. That season was 1-2 and with a 4.50 ERA. Definitely not a solid record, not a solid ERA. Last season was 1-4, had that 3.23 ERA. Definitely not numbers you want to see again. But this season he's definitely improved a lot and definitely a great addition for the Atlanta Braves. So I'm giving it up for them. I'm clapping my hands. I'm saying, you know what? You got a good guy. You got a good guy. Next team for me, number three, is the New York Mets. I mean, it is very, they acquired, the most significant guy for me that they acquired, Marcus Stroman. Acquired Marcus Marcus Stroman from the Blue Jays for just two prospects, which is not a lot. Especially when you look in the New York Mets organization. I hate to slam on the Mets, but when I look at their prospects, I'm not thinking big guys. I'm really not. I'm not thinking like a San Diego Padres organization where these guys are actually going to come up and be big like a Fernando Tatis Jr. No. New York Mets organization, farm system, no way. I'm not I'm not counting on it. No way. It is very it's significant. Just as significant as it is, as the Mets did not trade the pit, their pitcher Syndergaard and Wheeler, it is very significant that they add Marcus Stroman to their starting rotation mix. The Mets, I think the Mets believe that they can make a postseason run in 2019. So, what I'm saying is, hats off to them, man. Hats off to them. We got to be proud for them. I like Marcus Stroman. I do. This season, he's 6-11, and has a 2.96 ERA, a whip of 1.23 with 99 strikeouts and 124.2 innings pitched, and he's pitched in 21 games this season. I think he's a solid pitcher. He was an all-star this season. He's only 28 years old. Spent a lot of years with the Toronto Blue Jays. Spent five years in the Blue Jays organization. Gave him all he had. And now he gets traded. But that's fine. 
That's fine. Um, I think he's kind of disappointed a little bit that he was straight to the New York Mets and not a team like the Astros or the Yankees who are actually making pushes to become World Series titleists. Instead, you're trying to do the New York Mets, who are trying to make more of a wild card run and make it farther in the postseason. I think, though, this move for Stroman is where the Mets are starting to rebuild their team. They have young guys in Jeff McNeil and Pete Alonso that they can build this team around. They have starting pitchers in Syndergaard, Zach Wheeler, Jacob DeGrom, and now Marcus Stroman that they can rely on. These guys, this this New York Mets team will be pretty good in a And, you know, you got to give them a while. Pete Alonso is up and coming. Jeff McNeil is also up and coming. Zach Wheeler is having a pretty stellar year. So is Noah Syndergaard. Jacob DeGrom's having a pretty good year. Marcus Stroman's kind of having an iffy year, which you never know. A change of scenery. Me and my father have talked about this. A change of scenery can sometimes really change a guy's outcome that season. I mean, we talked about Justin Verlander. He got a change of scenery from Detroit to Houston, and boom, before you know it, guys in the World Series winning winning games like crazy. And he's going off. He's having a killer season. Cy Young guy. So, you know, you never know. Maybe a change of scenery for Marcus Stroman was exactly what he needed. So, the, the, the Mets are number three for me. Just, just, I mean, it's significant that they got a guy in Marcus Stroman. Next, number four. I'm only going to do five teams, by the way. Number four. Cleveland Indians, they got outfielders Yasiel Puig and Fran Mel Reyes, left-handed pitchers Logan Allen and Scott Moss, and right-handed pitcher Hunter Wood. Oh, and finally, uh, the second baseman, third baseman, and outfielder Victor Nova. What I'm about to tell you is pretty much baseball gospel, baseball doctrine. Contenders do not trade away their number one starter and then instantly get better. They really don't. But, in this situation, however, the Cleveland Indians may have. They're going to miss Trevor Bauer. He was definitely a solid guy. He's been their number one starter this season with Corey Kluber on the injured list. The Indians, though, were dealing... The Indians were dealing from a position of strength and were able to add an instant contributor in Puig and then a whole bunch of... a whole bunch of prospects. whole bunch of prospects. So... Cleveland Indians are number, are number four for me. Because, you know what? I knew Trevor Bauer was going to get traded... On Sunday, when he pulled his little shindig by throwing the ball over the center field wall, I thought, oh, it's done. And uh, later that night, I read a report that the trade talks were heating up for Trevor Bauer, and I thought, okay, he's gone. Now, I didn't know which team. I didn't know if if it was going to be the Cincinnati Reds, Houston Astros, New York Yankees. I mean, I didn't know. But when it got traded, I, I didn't really give a crap. Trevor Bauer's a great starter. 
guy you can rely on every fifth day. I mean, it has some nasty stuff. But I don't like his attitude. What he did on Sunday it was an absolute disgrace. It makes your organization look bad. It makes Terry Francona look bad. It makes you look bad. It it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for you. I know you were frustrated. I mean, you gave four up four hits in a row, but you just don't do that. You take it in the gut like a man and move on. I believe if he didn't pull that shindig, the trade talks wouldn't have really heated up, and I think the Indians possibly would have kept them. Doesn't really sound like Bauer is the greatest locker room guy as well. Seems like he causes a lot of problems. He's kind of like the gossip queen in there. So I don't really like him. As a starter, I do. But as a person, no. Finally, for me, number five. I've got to go with the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays, top guys for me that they acquired. First baseman, Jesus Aguilar. And the right-handed pitchers and Nick Anderson and Trevor Richards. I like Aguilar a lot. Jesus on the season. Has eight home runs, 34 RBIs. He's hitting 225. Has an OPS of 694. On-base percentage of 320. He's having an off-season. I mean, just it's not very great. Last season was an all-star. I mean, hit 274. Had 35 home runs. And 108 RBIs. He's definitely not doing that this season. I mean, last season he played in 149 games. And this season he's played in 94. And it's kind of just been mediocre for the Milwaukee Brewers. So they trade for him. And then the Rays only traded Jake Faria. So, really, there's... I'm not disappointed. Aguilar's had an offseason. It's not what the Milwaukee Brewers need, especially a team that is fighting for the postseason. You have an MVP in Christian Yelich. You have an amazing center fielder in Lorenzo Cain. This is a team that wants to win. And Aguilar wasn't contributing to it too much. But I think he can contribute to the Rays. They're in second place. They're making that playoff push. They want to go far. They think they can beat the Yankees. They think they can possibly make it to the World Series if they can get over the Houston Astros. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Nick Anderson, I like him a little bit. He's 2-4, and four, has a 3.92 ERA, whip of 1.28. There's not really a whole lot to say for him. He's, he's He was kind of an iffy move. Trevor Richards wasn't bad. He's had a rough season, though, for the Miami Marlins. I mean, 3-12, 4.50 ERA, whip of 1.38. But, like I said, change of scenery. Just move down the road. Let's drop a can of field. Who knows? Who knows what he can do for them? I mean, maybe he's going to help out in the bullpen, or maybe he will start. I mean, who knows? Um, but those are the five teams for me that won this trade deadline. And I'm excited to see, really... I know Houston Astros are in the AL West and so are the Angels, but I'm excited to see what the Astros do because they really are a good young team. Okay, maybe not young, but they're a good team. They get it done. Um, I'm very impressed with the Houston Astros. I really like 
A.J. Hinch. He's a very classy guy, very classic manager. So I'm excited to see what happens. Okay, next on the list, I got to talk about my angels. You guys have seen me post on my Instagram story how disappointed I am in the angels. And I really am. In the last 10 games, the Angels have only won 5 games. So they've won 50% of their last 10 games. But they have lost some key series. After coming back from the All-Star break, the Angels swept the Mariners. Swept them. Then they split the series with the Houston Astros. Then they took the series from the Seattle Mariners. Then they swept the Dodgers. Then they lose... Three out of four to the Baltimore Orioles. Then they lose the series to the Detroit Tigers. What are we doing? What are we doing? We sweep the best team in baseball. We lose three out of four games to the worst team in baseball. And then we lose, then we drop the series to the second worst team in baseball. We, oh my gosh, you don't know how frustrated I am. I mean, this is this is fur- this is infuriating, absolutely infuriating. On Wednesday, July thirty first, we had Jose Suarez start for us. He went four and four and a third, gave up four hits, four runs, all four were earned. He walked three, struck out none, gave up a home run, and he has a five six six ERA. Then we put in Trevor, Trevor Cahill. He goes two and two-thirds, gives up a hit, strikes out one, boom, no runs. Solid, solid outing. Then we put in Luis Garcia. You know what he does? He messes it up again. He goes one inning. He gives up four hits, five runs, all earned. Walks two, strikes one, strikes out one, gave up two home runs. He has a 5.31 ERA. I'm furious. Really? The Detroit Tigers? We lost to the Detroit Tigers? Oh my gosh. My goodness. I mean, it it stinks. On July 26th, Nick Tropiano, he comes up from the Salt Lake Beast. I'm excited to see him start. He gives us five innings, gives up six hits, gives up seven runs, all earned, walks three, strikes out three, gives up a home run. He has a 9.88 ERA this season. Then we put in Justin Anderson. He goes two innings, only gives up a hit, strikes out two. Solid outing. And we put in Luis Garcia. He goes two innings, gives up four hits, two earned runs, two strikeouts, gives up a home run. You've got... Why are we putting in Luis Garcia? He's obviously not getting it done. He's obviously not getting it done. Oh, gosh. We had a rough month of July. Shohei Otani was not hitting well at all. Mike Trout, these past series against the Orioles and the Tigers, has some has a rough has a rough series, set of series. I mean, our best hitters those two series against the Orioles and the Tigers were David Fletcher and Brian Goodwin. And those even those aren't even star players. 
Oh, I'm furious. I'm absolutely furious. And then yesterday, you know what we do? On July 31st, before the trade deadline, we activate Jonathan Lukoy from the 10-day injured list. That's fine. It's good to see him back. You know what we do? We trade the Houston Astros traded our catcher Max Dossie to us for right fielder Raider Yukita and Rain and right fielder Rainer Rivas. And then we designate Dustin Garnell for assignment. You've you you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. I don't like Max Dossie. I I don't at all. I don't like Max Stassi. What the heck did we need him for? We didn't need him at all. Garneau was getting it done. Maybe he wasn't getting it done hitting-wise. I mean, he was only hitting 232. But he was definitely a heck of a ton better than freaking Max Stassi. It disappoints me. We don't get anybody at the trade deadline. We, You know what we needed? We needed pitching. We needed a guy like Mike Miner or somebody within that vicinity who could get it done for us. I mean, we have no pitching. Our best pitcher is Felix Pena. And that's saying a crap ton. I mean, Felix Pena is not even really a star pitcher. But he gets it done. I mean, he gets it done. Griffin Canning's up and down. I mean, we just, Jose Suarez, we call him up every other day. We send him back down, and then we call him up. My goodness. We we have Dylan Peters on the team. He does kind of okay. But good grief. I'm disappointed. As an Angels fan, they are ripping my heart out. When we swept the Dodgers, you know, I was watching Angels live. And they were talking about wild card. How the Angels could really make a serious push for the wild card. Because, you know, we could we could sweep the Orioles and we could sweep the Tigers because they were just easy teams. But apparently not. But apparently not. We lose three out of four games. To the Orioles. Three straight. They won the first three games of the series. Then we took the last one. Then the Tigers. They win the first game. We win the second one. They win the last one. What is going on? What is going on? How do you... I really don't know how you beat the best team in baseball and then lose to the two worst. August 2nd, the Angels will be playing the Cleveland Indians in at Progressive Field. They play a good team in Lindor and the Indians. These guys are also making a wild card push. I don't know if the Angels can beat the Indians. If you can't beat if you cannot beat the Orioles and the Tigers, you're going to struggle a lot then against the Cleveland Indians. Brad Osmus, you better be you better be giving this team a talking and saying, what are we what are we doing? 
I hope Shohei has a lot better month of Jul- of August. I hope Trout has a killer month of August. I want Trout to win MVP this season, which I think he will. I'll state that now. But we we gotta we gotta take the series from the Indians. Then we play the Cincinnati Reds. You better take that series. Then we go to Boston and we play the and we play a four game series against the Red Sox. Oh, that's gonna be one heck of a series. That's a series you need to battle. Okay, I mean if you if you really want to make a serious wild card push, you got to start winning games. You got to take the series from the Indians. You got to sweep the Reds. You you got to take the series from the Red Sox. Then when you come home and play the Pirates, you got to take that series. You got to take the White Sox series. After that, you got to start winning games. You got it. You have to. But from what I've been seeing lately, the Angels will not make a wild card push. And it breaks my heart. I hope this winter we have an amazing winter. And we go out and we get some pitching. Because we're going to have a little bit of money to spend. We need to go out and get some pitching real bad. Real bad. Billy Epler, come on. You got it. You got it. Billy Epler and Art Moreno, you got to turn this team around. You're ripping us Angels fans' hearts out. I mean, you are killing us. You are killing us. Please, do something. Please. Jeez. Well, that's my little spiel on the Angels. I want to finally close up with the Cleveland Browns. Like, I want to preview their season, really. Um, I've been talking a lot of football lately with some people. Speaking of that, fantasy football's back. It's exciting. But I've been talking football with people lately. Most everybody I've talked to has said the Cleveland Browns will go to the Super Bowl this year. Then I'm kind of sitting there dumbfounded. I could see him making a good playoff push. But I don't see Super Bowl yet. You had to give this team a year to develop. But what I've seen from the practices, these preseason practices, they're looking pretty good. I like them. They're, they're looking like a good team. I want to talk about their offense. I mean, Mayfield was NFL ready when he was called upon in September. He had such a poise about him, and he had amazing accuracy. And he had Browns fans believing their decades-long wait for an answer at the game's most important position was finally over. Their prayers had finally been answered. Mayfield went on to set an NFL rookie record with 27 touchdown passes. But, more important, he was everything Dorsey advertised him to be when the Browns made the former Heisman Trophy winner the number one overall pick. I mean, Dorsey said this about... This was this was the Browns' goal last season, he said, to continue to surround Mayfield with the best possible talent. And you know what they did? They already did it. Now they have Odell Beckham on the field. With Odell on the field, the Browns can move Jarvis Landry to just about anywhere across the formation and allow him to try to exploit mismatches. Mismatches, excuse me, I am just... I just can't speak today. There, it's, He can just move about anywhere across the formation. It's going to allow him to exploit mismatches and get open 
on crossing routes. He's one of Odell's best friends. I mean, it's a reunion of these LSU receivers. And you know what? These two, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. are going to help Cleveland build a dangerous passing offense. Then you have next you have a speedy second year wide receiver Antonio Callaway. He might play fewer snaps and get fewer targets with Beckham in the fold, but Antonio should be a more confident and more polished player this season. I really like his speed. I think his speed will challenge the defenses and Callaway was able to build some solid chemistry with Baker Mayfield last season. Next for me, man, you got Chubb. Chubb went over 1,000 yards in his rookie season before losing yards on his final carry. He was Cleveland's primary back for just over half their season last year. And his confidence grew as his experience level did. Chubb is freaking fast. He's as fast as a jet. He is powerful. And the Cleveland Browns are hoping to bring back four of the five offensive linemen who opened those holes for Nick Chubb to just truck and go. Now, next for me, the Browns are taking a real gamble on Hunt. He's a native of Cleveland, and the incident that led to his departure from the Chiefs took place in Cleveland. But... Dorsey and Kitchens believe that Hunt has really matured and is really sorry. And in the offseason, they both praised Hunt for his work ethic and focus on turning his life around. Not just on making the most of his second football chance. Hunt might just push third down back Duke, Duke Johnson out of Cleveland's plans. The Browns also have some other weapons. They have their ascending tight end, David Njoku. He's a big, athletic guy. And with Beckham drawing some attention, some extra attention from defenses, players such as Callaway and Rashard Higgins should get some chances in the vertical passing game, I believe. If Mayfield continues to com- to progress and the Browns can stay healthy, they should be playing some significant games in the back half of the season and could have one of the league's most explosive offenses, to be honest. So, they look like an impressive team. Next, I want to talk about the defense, really, though. Garrett last season had 13 and a half sacks, and the expectation is that he'll beat the franchise single-season record of 14. They're expecting him to have about 14 and a half to 15 this season. The kid... He's an athletic wonder, dude. I can't... Oh, my goodness. He's still adding to his game after injuries limited him during his rookie season. And Vernon was added to play opposite Garrett with the idea of forcing offenses to limit their double teams on the edge. The Browns plan to score points, build leads, and let loose on opposing quarterbacks and just kill them. Some key returning players for me, though... And the back seven include linebacker Joe Schobert, safety Demarius Randall, ward and cornerback Terrence Mitchell. <coughs> Excuse me. 
The Browns also have that new defensive coordinator and Steve Wilkes. And in the offseason, they focused on adding depth and speed to the linebacker and some secondary groups. Randall is coming off his best season and is hoping to have another as he's eligible for free agency in 2020. So, Schobert is actually a pro bowler. He played at the Pro Bowl in 2017. He's also entering the final year of his rookie contract. The Browns did draft two linebackers, though, and Sion Takitaki and Mac Wilson in hopes of immediately improving the team's depth, but they're also focusing on the future with those two. Christian Kurtzy missed much of last year with that hamstring injury, ugly, and carries a big cap number on a contract he signed when the old regime was in charge. Um, uh, I think Morgan, Morgan Burnett will be the starting safety, starting strong safety after he had what I would call a disappointing career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Browns also added a uh, quarterback in Greedy Williams in that draft. In the draft, um, they needed they actually the Browns actually needed some real depth at the quarterback position, and they believe that Greedy Williams can eventually become a star in this league. And I I kind of agree with them. I could see it. Uh, Ward had some concussion issues late last season, but has showed that he is athletic. And he still possesses his athletic traits. And he could definitely... I think Ward could actually become one of the league's top cornerbacks if he proves it this season. I mean, who knows? Um, I don't think... Finally for me, the Cleveland Browns. They don't need to find themselves in 13-10 to 10 games. And I don't think they will. I don't think they will a whole lot. They'll be they'll be a good team and they'll start playing to their expectations that they've that they've kind of set for themselves and what the fans have set. I'm ready to see what they do. They have a difficult early schedule though. But they have enough talent to win the AFC North and a legitimate AFC contender for me. So Browns are Browns are a young team. They're definitely an ascending team. Potentially one of the NFL's best offensive teams. They're definitely going to be deadly. But we once again, we have to see what happens. I'm ready to see them play this season. I'm ready for football. But I'm also ready for fantasy football. I have a draft today, actually. Should be good. I want to thank you all for joining today's episode. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Cooking Up Sports with Gage Bowls. Make sure to share the podcast with your friends, families. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a rate and review. Also, if you're on Spotify, make sure to leave us a rate and review us as well. And thanks for listening to today's episode.